Things. It's your girl, Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just Ghouly Things. What's going on, Boo Things? It's your girl, Rebecca and Lily. And happy Valentine's Day, Boo Things. We're recording on February 14th. Maybe this can be your weekend plans, Valentine's Day week plans. Last week when we did the questionnaire, I had found a Reddit post that was stuck in my mind mm-hmm. since last week that I wanted to introduce going into this week's episode. And I didn't tell Lily the question um, or, or the topic of conversation because I want to see her response on the fly. Um, and as we discuss this, Boo Things, I want you guys to uh, send us a message on our Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at Just Goalie Things Podcast. And let us know your theory. So the the title of this Reddit post was titled, Do Ghosts Have an Expiration Date? And this was written by Lazy Scott. And mm-hmm. it goes, why do all ghosts captures on videos and photos seem to be from the last few hundred years? No cavemen died in violent deaths with unfinished business? Is it because getting a photo or doing an EVP session with a caveman would be a little too hard to believe? I saw a paranormal <laughs> show once. I saw a paranormal show once that was trying to contact the spirit of a little girl who drowned in a family home. Why wouldn't this child move on to the afterlife? Why would she be punished for dying in an accident? That sucks. What do people think? So it left me thinking that is so true. Like I feel like typically we see paranormal activity where the woman in white is from the 1800s, but we never see a caveman ghost. Nor do we ever really see ghosts in like juicy tracksuits. So, like, what is always? Yeah. Like, what is the theory Um, behind that? I've seen this topic discussed as well. And I remember wondering it um, when I was like maybe junior high, home for lunch, watching Ghost Hunters with my mom. Cause like I had no friends. And that's because I was watching Ghost Hunters with my mom. So, like, I can't blame everyone. Um, But I wonder. The caveman thing, no fucking answer. I do not know. I do not know. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing, like, you never, you rarely see ghosts from, like you said, like, juicy tracksuits. You never see ghosts from the 80s. I wonder if that period of time, because I've worked on a theory on this, but very loosely. Like, I don't have a whole spiel yet. I think in certain periods of time, death was very, 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 very much so, like, feared. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember a couple of years ago, like I saw a really like a pretty highly reputable psychic. And he said, you know, if you're looking for someone specific, don't look too soon because it can take years sometimes. If that person was terrified or wasn't ready, they might not either fully be crossed over or fully resting. Mm-hmm. And something that I've just started to wonder is maybe it's because it was so misunderstood, but such a hot topic of conversation. Maybe, you know, it's just, they're still like, especially the residual ones just haven't come to accept a complete crossover and lay to rest. So they're still kind of restlessly wandering as if they're living their own life. Um, And I don't know, like you think about, also how specific things are to their like geographic location. Like when you're in Salem, a lot of people believe that this like 
spirits are, um, what's it called? Like from the Salem witch trials. Mm -hmm. And yet when people tell ghost stories from Versailles or like my cousin who used to live in London, right? He sent in his experience. He's like, she was in like a traditional, maybe like 1900s outfit. And I'm like, okay, like that kind of makes sense. Like late 19, early, late 18, early 1900s outfits. So I also wonder, maybe it's just like the gravity of the event, right? Like when was the craziest time? When would things have been the most unsettling? And then on top of that, what if there's only room for one heavy spirit and maybe all of the cavemen, all of the people from like the dark ages, the like medieval times, maybe nothing of a heavy magnitude has happened after that. And they're the ones kind of like, I don't want to say like ruling, but they're the ones that kind of like own that territory until something else comes along and replaces it. Okay. I like that theory. Those are my very loose, not well thought out, not ever really put verbally towards theory. So I am very glad you actually asked me this question because now I'm actually going to sit down and really like have a whole, you know, fucking whiteboard with string and pictures and words. (laughs) Um, Do you have any theories? Like mine are not well thought out. Like it's very scattered, just words. But like, do you have anything? Like, I know you've had more time to think about it. I think your theory is very impressive and I I like your theory a lot because I feel like my theory or very loose theory has a lot of connections to yours. I think the idea of it takes a lot of energy for a spirit to make themselves known. And Mm -hmm. so in regards to younger spirits, like those that have died in the 2000s era, Mm it takes a long time for those spirits to be able to build that energy to manifest themselves, whether rather it's physically grabbing you or being seen. That takes a long time for a spirit, especially a spirit that may have died tragically that they don't even realize that they've passed on. Yeah. Um, But at the same time too, I think taking it to the whole other level of like the cavemen, like I said earlier, the word energy and energy never dies. It just gets transferred. Like when we die, my, my belief is that we, like our vessel dies. Like our, it, like right, right, now, right now, what we see is like a vehicle to a car. And mm-hmm. when the engine goes out, our spirit, that energy just gets trans, just transferred into the world. Like we, yeah. we are, we are one, we are energy. And I think that with the cavemen, over time, that energy taken from the cavemen goes into the next era of mm-hmm. spirits, goes into the next era. So kind of like they cycle out. Yeah, at exactly. Point, at one point, like especially when it comes to spirits that have traumatic endings, that energy mm-hmm. is imprinted into our dimension, into our into our world. And that's why we mm-hmm. tend to see more residual hauntings than, than intelligent hauntings because it's constantly playing back that traumatic event. Um, yes. But over yes. time, as time goes on, it's like kind of that, that energy gets recycled. And so whatever that 1800s, like, you know, that's kind of like the common time, what we see yeah. in spirits, they're using that energy from the previous era of spirits. And I think that it's just good. We're just going to see that recycling. And for us, you know, 1800s is a couple hundred years ago. 
our, you know, our future generations, it's going to be the 2000 spirits that you're going to see in the future are going to be that equivalent to the lady in white. And it'll be yes. interesting to kind of see how, how paranormal stories change and like what those experiences are going to look like, because especially as we, as we grow in society, we're a very material based civilization. Mm-hmm. Cavemen mm-hmm. weren't. So I feel like with cavemen, mm-hmm. they really weren't attached to this world in the same way we are in the sense of like, they believed in, you know, they, they moved on. There's something more than this in, yeah. in our society where religion really isn't as big, you know, you don't see as many people practicing religion or going to a church or somewhere mm-hmm. like, or a temple because we don't have really as strong of a faith and we are really attached to the material things in this world. I could see as people pass on, maybe not knowing where to go and maybe mm. that energy stays imprinted and moves on and future generations. And th- there's like a lot of unknown with that. So it'll be interesting to kind of see if anything in the paranormal develops in the years to come. That's interesting. And you know what that also, what you said about the energy and like energy getting recycled and everything, um, that just did give me a new thought. Mm-hmm. Have you, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm sure you have. I don't know about any of our, have you ever heard um, the, the phrase, the squeaky wheel gets the oil? Yes. Me, um, meaning um, that whoever makes the most noise will kind of get the most attention. I think that, um, I think that it's possible because like you said about energy and then feed also spirits feed off of the energy of like, I mean, all you need to do is watch like one of the conjuring movies and you'll see what we mean. Like they draw energy from the people who are living in the home. They died in, people who, you know, are on the land they used to own all that stuff. And I think that it's possible. Also, these spirits are only getting stronger because they are getting more attention. They're drawing more energy over the century, you know, going on two centuries that they're just get, maybe getting stronger and stronger and no, no other spirit can gain the traction to almost fill their shoes, so to mm. speak, kind of going with my, like, you know, kind of taking over and going with your recycling energy. Like, Interesting. you know, if a place has been haunted since the 1920s and now we're a hundred years in, how many, you know, people, how many new you, you know, as the future becomes more automated, like last week, like you said, that spirit drew the energy out of the vacuum to say, what are you doing? Right. I mean, we're getting more like things that are plugged in. Right. They're having more to pull from, not just from the people giving them attention. They're getting stronger and stronger and getting more tools for Mm -hmm. manifestation that somebody who passed away only 10 or 20 years ago doesn't have. Yeah. And I also. um, Have you heard that theory? um, Like maybe ghosts can walk through walls because they're walking through their version of that property. Yeah, yeah. Not even because they're like ghosts, right? It's just residual. Yeah, but because, you know, the hallway you closed up, that used to be their stairwell or something. Mm -hmm. Like, that also, like, that just popped into my mind, too, as something. But, yeah, I mean, I think that we're getting at something really good here. Like, the two of us, for people who aren't physicists, we're getting at something. I just saw that um, when we were looking at last week's paranormal stories and that topic came up and it really made me think I have never come across somebody that has thought to have seen a caveman apparition. And so 
you know, and I was talking to Mike about it and Mike really didn't know what to think about it when I, I, I brought up the, the idea to him yesterday. He was like, this is more you and Lily's speed. Uh, I'll just listen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, I, I would love to hear what the boothings have to think about this theory. So make sure to follow us on Instagram and make sure to message us your theories. And uh, maybe next week we'll read a couple of those theories just to follow up. Yes. All right. Yes. So last week, Lily kind of took control of like how we were going to frame last week's episode and it, and she did such a great job. Um, as I was thinking about this week's topic, um, and the idea of this, of the, of the caveman theory and all that stuff, I started to think about time travel and I was like, we haven't done a good, we talked about Glitch in the Matrix, but we haven't mm-hmm. talked about a good time travel uh, theory. I don't know if ever on the show. I don't, like I said, we I don't think so either. Matrix, but I don't think we've ever really talked about the theories behind time travel and people that have experienced possible time travel. So without further ado, Lily, you want to uh, get us started on this week's episode? Yes, absolutely. I love also the switch of roles we've had this week mm-hmm. where I was like, I'm ready when you are. <laughs> and I'm, I wrote a whole ass essay like t- t- next week is switching bodies. <laughs> Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. Um, but no, this was actually very fun because for our listeners who have been with us from day one, you know, like Rebecca's very good with research. She's very thorough. Um, and so I do want to say like, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. So what is time travel? For those of you who may not know, uh, the idea of time travel has been the subject of philosophy and fiction for years. It could involve traveling to the future or the past, or may use some kind of time machine device. So a little bit into the history and concept, um, we begin with mythical time travel and cautionary time travel. So, and what I mean by that is there are different myths around the world featuring time travel, such as the story of King, and I'm going to fuck this up, Raivata Kakudmi. This is from the Vishnu Purana, who travels to heaven to meet his creator, only to return to the earth after many years have passed. Um, And similar myths exist in Buddhism and Judaism, along with Japanese mythology. Uh, So it does kind of go back to the very, I don't want to say the beginning of time, but a long, 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 long time ago, um, appearing originally in like religious text. Um, And in Islam, the Quran tells the story of something called the seven sleepers, whom Allah put to sleep for centuries to preserve them from persecution. Um, The American tale of Rip Van Winkle is also a more modern take on these ancient myths. And that's something just a quick Google away. And from here, sometime we shift from mythicality. I don't know if that's a fucking word um, to science fiction and really kind of taking it from that spirituality to super duper sci-fi. So the uh, idea of time travel is very captivating. So of course there's no surprise that these themes appear very frequently in both fiction and the media. And 
what I love about this that never even occurred to me is Ebenezer Scrooge time travels in a way when the ghosts of Christmas past and future visit him. So even when they're not flat out saying time travel, there's no time machine involved. It is in literature um, and some of the most iconic places. And speaking of pop culture, I know that uh, a lot of our boothangs are aware I'm an avid Napoleon Dynamite stan. Mm -hmm. And there is a bit in Napoleon Dynamite with a time machine. Um, For those of you who don't know, Uncle Rico, former football star, Stuck in high school, he says to Kip, Napoleon's brother, you ever do anything on the internet with time travel? I can't do the accent. And um, they get this bogus time machine from online and they put crystals in and you sit on a thing. And it's like, it's a part of our everyday lives and the best film ever to be made. Now I'm going to go into kind of like the boring science-y part of kind of the beginning of research into time travel. So... We're going to go with the beginning of the research. So how do we know that time travel is possible? This gets very, very technical. Um, And this is from uh, an article on a NASA site. Um, Is it possible that time travel can be more than a myth or fiction? Well, over a century ago, Albert Einstein came up with his theory of relativity, an idea of how time works and how time and space are linked. He also theorized that nothing can travel faster than the speed of light. This may be hard to wrap your head around, but according to Einstein's theory, the faster you travel, the slower you experience time. For example, there was an experiment that used two clocks set to the scientific experiments um, have shown this is true. For example, there was an experiment using two clocks set to the same time. One clock stayed on Earth while the other flew in an airplane going in the same direction the Earth rotates. After the airplane flew around the world, the clock on the fast-moving airplane was actually slightly behind the clock on the ground. So the clock on the airplane was traveling slightly slower in time than one second per second. That is crazy. That's such a crazy experiment that I've never heard of. Right. When you think of time travel, you think a specific time, a specific place, a specific event. And then technically you think about it, time travel when you're on a plane, totally, a totally possible thing. Yeah. So can we use time travel in everyday life? While traveling large distances in time is not proven, we do calculate time travel into things we use routinely. For example, GPS satellites, they calculate time travel to help you know when you will reach your destination. NASA uses more sophisticated GPS to keep track of satellites. Because the satellites move at about 8,700 miles per hour, the satellite clocks slow down by a small fraction of a second. But because they are orbiting above Earth, approximately 12,000 miles, this can speed up GPS satellite clocks by another fraction of a second. And that adds up. Yeah. So according to this- so small, but it really adds up over time. That's just such a crazy- I didn't even- Wow. You learn something new every day. I'm sorry, Lily. I'm just caught up on this whole experiment of even just when they were still in the Earth's atmosphere, that the clock slower. Wow. So- I, um, this makes me think of the, um, astronaut 100 tampons meme when they sent like the first astronaut into space and they didn't know how many tampons to give her. And it was like, what was it? The seventies, the early eighties. So they sent her a hundred tampons. Okay. I do remember this. All right. It was just the context. You said that I was like, what meme have I been missing? I, <laughs> I miss, 
a me month? I don't know. I don't know if it was the first woman. In, I feel like it was, but that part had to lost, but yeah. They, they sent her a hunt with a hundred tampons. And like, to be fair, I do understand like getting into like the female anatomy, like maybe being like, how's it going to affect her flow? Right. Like, cause we all know, like you cross your legs when you laugh, when you're on your period. So yes. like what's going to happen, but a hundred fucking tampons is that's crazy. Um, <laughs> How long was she supposed to be up there for? I have no fucking idea. It's all in the meme and the top TikTok audio though. Um, so anyways, according to this source, um, Einstein, let's get into like, here's how Einstein's theory also says that gravity curves space and time causing the passage of time to slow down high up where the satellites orbit earth's gravity is much weaker. This causes rock, this rocks clocks on GPS satellites to run faster, of course, than the clocks on the ground. The combined result is that the clocks on GPS satellites experience time at a rate highly faster than one second per second. Luckily, scientists use math to correct these differences, which I don't know about you, Rebecca. I could never fucking do that. I already have smoke coming out of my ears trying to even attempt to calculate something like that. I could never. For real. And this is um, from like the NASA kids like space online thing and there are graphics included which definitely really helped me i'm even looking at them literally right now um and it kind of helps you picture everything and i'll post these all in the group once the episode goes up from the nasa kids website it is i trusted it and i trusted it to be concise enough for my little peanut brain that only took three years of science in high school okay um to trust well you just totally broke my ego because I was like listening to this and like the fact that I was able to understand everything you were saying and you had said it was on a NASA website I'm like wait am I actually starting to understand science and the fact that you pretty much said dumbed <laughs> it down for an 11 year old to understand I, okay you should have just not told me that but it's okay I needed the humble I'm sorry I, I'm so glad I'm I have sorry. the same like the same brain power as an 11 year old to understand that concept. Great. I'm not going to lie. This was hard for me to understand. So if you think you're humbled, bitch, I needed pictures. <laughs> I literally needed picture. I needed, they were cartoon pictures. Please post these pictures when we announce the episode. Yes, let's do that. Um, <laughs> so let's get into the cool stuff. So this is from business insider. Um, And this is a whole big thing. So for decades, physicists have been studying and debating versions of um, this paradox, right? If we could travel back in time and change the past, what would happen for the future? This is called, what is it, like the butterfly effect? Yes. I'm pretty sure it's the butterfly effect. I am also fully on painkillers this whole episode. Like, So um, a 2020 study actually offered a potential answer. The answer, the study in 2020 offered the potential answer, nothing. Nothing would happen. So we have a quote, events readjust around anything that could cause a paradox. So the paradox does not happen, said Jermaine Tobar. I think I'm saying that right. That's how I'll say it for the episode. I'm sorry if I fuck it up. Um, And he's the study's author, and he previously told this to IFL Science. Tobar's work, published in the peer-reviewed journal Classical and Quantum Gravity in September 2020, suggests that according to the rules of theoretical physics, 
I'm already lost in this one. Uh, anything you tried to change in the past would be corrected by subsequent events. So put simply, it's theoretically possible to go back in time, but you actually would not change history. Okay. Okay. So all those episodes we've seen of cartoons going back in time to like stop 9-11 or like stop the Holocaust and then like something else happened, like that wouldn't happen in theory. Yeah, it wouldn't. I mean, I've always said if I could go back in time, I had a dog, trigger warning, get uh, hit by a car when I was in fourth grade. That was really, really sad. Like I could go back in time, right, you know, and make sure that, you know, we didn't let her out at that exact minute in time right before she got let out and the gate was still open and we didn't know that like the wind had blown it open or whatever. And like, that's what led to that. I could, but then like the next day or an hour later, like still would have happened. That's, I think something that's interesting because that was just widely assumed by the general public that you could do that. And what would happen if the Holocaust hadn't happened? What would happen if, you know, someone had stopped all of these tragic events, right? What, what would have happened if whoever like didn't open their package that was from the Unabomber? Like, we don't know. But everyone always assumed that that was something that came with the territory of time travel. So I think that the theory that that actually might not be what happened, even if we could time travel, is very, very interesting. Because I think that's something that is probably except for the physicist community, like never really spoken about. Think about every episode of TV you watch down to Family Guy when there's time travel. It's always to change an event and then you see what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's told almost as like a tale of, you know, you, if you change the bad things, you'll also lose the good things. Mm -hmm. Right. And almost like, again, like as a cautionary tale, like with a moral to the story. And I think it's interesting that it is almost always like presumed by just the general public. When you are on the topic of conversation of time travel, you immediately talk about what you would change. So it's interesting to hear, well, you could, but you actually wouldn't change anything in the grand scheme of things. You know, that guy probably doesn't get invited to parties because <laughs> if they all talking about time travel, like I would change this and he would just be the buzzkill that's like, well, even if you could, you wouldn't be able to change it anyway. And they'd be like, oh, oh my God, that's so he was the one who reminded the teacher that they forgot to collect homework. Period, sis. Period. I always fucking hated those kids because I did not do homework. They were definitely in the gifted and talented program. Fuck you. Yeah, that's why they're working for NASA. They did the fucking 20 <laughs> minutes of reading a night and I did not. And and here we are with payment plans right. on our couches. If I could go back in time, rooms to go would still be taking my money. <laughs> Call back. All right. So we're going to get into what they call the grandfather paradox. Physicists have considered time travel to be theoretically possible since Albert Einstein came up with his theory of relativity. Einstein's calculations suggest it's possible for an object in our universe to travel through space and time in a circular direction, eventually ending up at a point on its journey where it's been before, a path called a closed time-like curve. Mm. Still, physicists continue to struggle with scenarios like the coronavirus example, right? In which time travelers alter events that already happen. The most famous example is known as the grandfather paradox. Say a time traveler goes back to the past and kills a younger version of his or her grandfather. The grandfather then wouldn't have any children, erasing the time traveler's parents and of course the time traveler too. But then who would kill the grandpa? Oh shit. 
Mm-hmm. Didn't that fucking blow your mind? Blew my mind. And I was doing this research at 12 a.m. I was fucked. Oh, my God. Right? I feel like I'm in, like, a fucking nightmare of a blunt rotation talking about this right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think the chicken before the egg. Exactly. That's why they call it a fucking paradox, my guy. Wow. That blew my mind. Because then I would go back to the theory of you really can't change the future. Mm-hmm. Because. Yeah. That, wow. Then who would have killed the grandpa? So then in Isn't that, that case, fucking with, wild? So in that case, would the person that went back in time have to have somebody from that present time that they went back to kill their grandfather? Right, but then the grandfather still wouldn't have had children, thus no grandchildren, thus nobody to have someone kill his grandfather. Oh my God, I hate this so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Fucking insane, right? Oh my God, this is crazy. Okay, oh my God. This is great. Also, after this, I want to hear your thicken, your thicken, (laughs) your chicken and egg theory, because I have a very, of course, convoluted one. But yeah, so- the grandfather theory, <laughs> you know me so well. It's very technical. Like, when we say chicken, are we thinking of today's chicken? Or because at a certain point, like, back when chickens were, I'm a, I'm a believer in evolution, right? Like, what are we defining as a chicken? Because mm-hmm. the very first chicken chicken, as we have today, like, hatched from something that probably was not what we think of when we hear chicken. So, think about that. And the grandfather theory. A take on this paradox appears in the movie Back to the Future when Marty McFly almost stops his parents from meeting in the past, potentially causing himself to disappear. Right? Mm-hmm. Imagine a bunch of billiard balls laid out across a circular table. Stay with me on this one. Okay. If you push one ball from position X, it bangs around the table, hitting others in a particular pattern. The researchers calculated that even if you mess with the ball's pattern, at some point in its journey, Future actions with other balls can correct its path, leading it to come back to the same position and speed that it would have had you not interfered. Okay, so it kind of goes back to that first theory that we were talking about. Of even if you were to go back in time, it doesn't change future events. Fate will always correct itself. Right. Okay. So... Um, we have a quote from Dr. Yasunori Nomura, who is a theoretical physicist at UC Berkeley, who told Insider, quote, regardless of the choice, the ball will fall into the same place, end quote. And then we go back to Tobar. Tobar's model, in other words, says you could travel back in time, but you couldn't change how events unfolded significantly enough to alter the future, Nomura said. Applied to the grandfather paradox, then, this would mean that something would always get in the way of your attempt to kill your grandfather. Or, at least by the time he did die, your grandmother would already be pregnant with your mother. So there's two different theories on, basically, I, my understanding, this was not on a kid's site, so I might be wrong. Um, there's two, they agree that Future events wouldn't change, but there's two different ways in which it wouldn't change. One would be it would prevent you from your attempt to change it, and the other is basically just displacing the event 
mm-hmm. to another like method of the event happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So back to this coronavirus example, right? The big question, could have it prevented with time travel? Um, let's say you were to travel back to 2019 and intervene in patient zero's life. According to Tobar's line of thinking, the pandemic would still have happened somehow. You might try and stop patient zero from being infected, but in doing so, you would catch the virus and become patient zero or someone else would, Tobar said, according to Australia's University of Queensland, where Tobar graduated from. Nomura said that although the model is too simple to represent the full range of cause and effect in our universe, it's a good starting point for future physicists. Wow. So thinking about all of this, I tried to find theories trying to debunk time travel stories, like the ones you find on Reddit or maybe told in an interview with maybe a celebrity or like, oh, well, this, this and that. Right. I think I saw a time traveler from the future and I couldn't find anything on it. So that is the end of my research. Um, If anyone knows a physicist, Rebecca has some stories. We'd love to hear their theories because I couldn't find anything specifically pertaining to actual accounts of seeing or experiencing time travel. Well, okay. So, um, Lily, I went on to the paranormal Reddit subreddit. Okay. And I looked up time travel stories And so the first time travel story that I have for you guys this week is titled, My Mom and I Traveled Back in Time, question mark. And this was written by JazzyMumu889. And this was written about one year ago. This story was around five years ago. Both me and my mom remember it to this day. My mom was picking me up from my high school at the time. So currently they're 18 years old, but the time of the story, this girl um, was 13 years old. Um, School day ended at around 2.30. I got picked up around 2.40 and we were driving into town, which was about 10 to 12 minutes away from the school. On the way into town, you have to cross over one little wooden bridge that goes over a small river. Keep in mind that there is only one bridge on this road with sugarcane fields and gullies on both sides of the road before and after the bridge. I remember passing over the bridge before looking at the clock where it read 2.46 p.m. Now, think about that time. It's important. We were talking about a bullying situation that happened at school that day. And about two minutes after we crossed the bridge, she said something along the lines of, So your teacher dealt with the situation? And as I was about to respond, the tires lost grip of the road and we spun out with tires skidding and everything. The car behind us started honking their horn and we screamed as we thought we were heading front first into a gully next to the sugar cane. Then we just weren't. We were back on the road, but it looked and felt super unfamiliar to us. As we were trying to get our bearings, with her still driving but a lot slower, we both froze as we saw the bridge that we had just passed a couple of minutes prior, about 200 meters on the road in front of us. Yes. I started screaming again and freaking out before looking over at the time that read 2.45 p.m. Holy shit. Yes. I screamed even louder and was really scared, but my mom pulled over and started to explain to me that it was just a glitch in the matrix and that it's happened to her before. 
I just <gasps> remember the feeling I had afterwards, this feeling that everything was off and didn't feel right. Like I was somewhere I wasn't meant to be. And even to this day, I haven't been able to shake that feeling. I managed to calm down, but no one I told believed me. To this day, everyone just thinks it's a silly story, but we both remember the details so vividly. The feeling of not belonging has somewhat eased and I can ignore it now, but it's still an itching feeling in the back of my head and it's very hard to explain. The end. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I found it interesting that this was the mother's not the first or second time that something like this has happened to her. Yeah. This has been something that, you know, to the point where she was able to keep a level head, not only just for her daughter, but clearly she's been through the situation before where it really like didn't phase her. She knew how to handle this situation. So Mm -hmm. what, what, what are your thoughts on this story of not only they went through this experience together, but they were able Mm -hmm. to go back one minute behind and they were back before they even got on that bridge when they came to. I think that glitch in the matrix and time travel go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if this is an example of the theory we didn't cover, but the most widely accepted theory of someone did go back in time and change it and then dip. Right. Um, If that is the case, knowing the theory I know now, I'd never drive again because then it's doomed to happen later. (laughs) Um, but if that theory is not true and you can change the future and just kind of, you know, go back to where you're, or not the future, the past or whatever it was, right. Change something. I do think, um, something interesting that this kind of jogged my memory about is, and I don't know if I've ever really touched on this. I know I've spoken about night terrors, but we all kind of have dreams that will predict the future sometimes, or like you get severe deja vu. It is something that happens to me more often than I kind of realized until I spoke with my grandmother about it. My grandmother has like what, what we call, we just call them visions that are very, very similar to things that will happen a week or so or a month or so later. So she has, and she kind of, yeah, premonent. And and she'll just kind of like write them down or um, anyways, I, I was talking to her about it and she was like, oh, yeah, I've been getting those my almost my whole life. I'm like, really? And she's like, oh, yeah, I remember when this happened. I had dreamt it a night before. And that's the kind of thing you can really only take someone's word for. Um, but I do in recent years, ever since the night terrors have settled, I have had kind of dreams either alluding to the future or helping me realize something that's about to happen and prepare for it. Right. Wow. Which is absolutely wild. Um, I wonder if the reason they had this experience, like in the same place at the same time, like in tandem, identical experience. I wonder if maybe that is something she might inherit since it isn't the mother's first time. Right. Mm -hmm. I wonder if maybe that is something that kind of like a vibe that I've believe I might've gotten from my grandmother, albeit not nearly as in touch, but who knows what'll happen in years to come. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder if maybe like this teenage daughter might be starting to experience this now and this won't be her only time, just like it wasn't the mother's. Mm -hmm. So that, that is something, although it's not a theory of what happened, it is something that popped into my head of, could this maybe be like a gift from the family, right? Or could it have been maybe her going back in time and fixing this? Cause who knows what might've happened to her or her mother. Mm -hmm. It's very, very, very interesting. What are your thoughts on it? 
Well, I think I like the point that you made about, you know, passing certain, certain, uh, powers or abilities down generation to generation. Um, I think, I think if we were to go back to our topic earlier in the episode and we talked about energy and how we are all energy, which really means like we are all one. Um, Mm -hmm. I think just as, as a human race, I think that we have, at the end of the day, we are animals. We have this ability to, we have, we have like this intuition in ourselves. It's like a, like a survival tactic. And I think yeah. over time, because we rely so much on technology and other people, we've, we haven't had to hone our skills and our intuitions as much because we have all these other sources to rely on. But I mm-hmm. think sometimes, especially as you get older and you go through the world and, and you learn things, if you are receptive, if, if you are willing to be receptive to it, you can build that intuition back. And that's why there's psychics and mediums and there's, there's classes that you could take to become a medium, because I think that everyone has the ability. You just have to, it's, it's a muscle. You have to work it, work it, work it. Yeah. Mom has worked this over time and maybe this daughter is starting to as well. Um, (laughs) but I was looking at some of the comments on the story and the username skinny on the inside had, (laughs) I just that username, something else. Um, they had replied with the idea of quantum respawn. Uh, they continue by saying I had a similar one when my car went headfirst into a semi truck. These things only happen when it's not your time to go back. You potentially get moved into a parallel reality, which kind of gave me like Rick and Morty vibes. And then there was the idea of at the end of the story, the, the person that posted this uh, experience was talking about how they kind of felt a little off and how they were kind mm-hmm. of like, I don't know if I really belong here. Like, I feel like, like there was like that unsettled feeling that maybe like were, were things exactly the way they were. And so mm-hmm. um, somebody, so somebody had commented and goes, this happened, um, the poster actually, it said this happened around the same time that the Mandela effect started gaining mainstream popularity. And after this happened, my mom and I noticed a bunch of small things around our house change. Details mm. only we'd notice. So for example, they had lived in that house for eight years. So pretty much this poster's whole childhood. Continuing mm-hmm. with this story, they say, we had a laundry cupboard that we stored our vacuum cleaner and recycling bin inside of. And our mom would use that cupboard all the time to get out other random things we had stored. So she knew that cupboard like the back of her hand. And one day she went inside and called me out and she pointed out these two silver bolts in the wall indicating the cupboard was once used to hook up a washing machine. The wall is white and these were silver and metallic. So very hard to miss. We were convinced that they never were there before moved everything out of the way and only found the two. So the next day, mom went back to the cupboard to get the vacuum cleaner. And then she found a third bolt down the bottom where we had previously checked the day before. There were none, then two, then three, all within a span of two days. That one is still mental to me because I used the cupboard many times and so did she. They were never there before. So it kind of seems like maybe they were brought into like a parallel universe where like even the smallest of detail had changed and it just so happened to be these little bolts in the cupboard. Wow. We could be living. That is very Mandela effect, time travel glitch in the matrix. And it's funny how they're kind of all, like I said, like a hand in hand type of thing. That's spooky. 
Yeah. I, I, you know what I'd do? I'd run away. I'd move. I'd be like, this place is too much. I got, I got to, I got to go somewhere where like, I have no connection to where I can't possibly think that I'm not in the same time frame of where I was born. That's, that's, even, you know, I, I'd be like, I just evacuate where I was living. If, if I jumped a minute forward and then a minute behind, and then I came home and every like down to the bolts on a fucking cupboard. And then like all that shit was changing. Hell no. I'm going to a desert Island and I'm living in a hut. Ignorance is bliss sometimes. For real. Yeah. Okay. So my next story was written by Lisa Babe and it is titled, did I meet some kind of entity time traveler or a really <gasps> strong psychic? And this Ooh. was also written a year ago. So let me start off by saying I used to be friends with the man I am about to talk about until one day he cut me off without explanation. Back in 2016, I met this guy who simply went by Salvatore and was kind of unique. He always wore suits that were colorful and had this strange demeanor about him, an unsettling confidence. He walked and talked like some kind of alien or just madman, honestly. But to cut Mm -hmm. the story short, at first he just seemed unique and honestly, I was kind of into it. But it soon became really creepy. He would know things he wasn't supposed to. For example, we were walking through the city with a few friends and suddenly he stopped. He turned around and ran down an alleyway. We chased after him. About two sections further down, there was a girl on a bike. He looked at her and said, she's going to get hurt. Then she looked into our direction and a car hit her. He just (gasps) and walked and we walked after him. It was weird, but could be explained away as her getting distracted by him. Things got a bit weirder later on, however. In 2019, I said I wanted to visit China and see the Forbidden Palace. He told me not to go. I asked why, and he said, I don't want you to get stuck because of disease. Literally a few months later, the first case of corona was discovered in Wuhan, China. Things like this kept happening until one day in 2021, he said this to me. It's almost time for the end. I was confused, so I asked him what he meant. And he turned to me, stared me in the eye, and he said, We have been preparing for this for a long time. I asked him to explain, and he just shook his head. He cut me off in early 2022. He just said, our time has passed, but I'll give you one piece of advice. Don't drink alcohol for a while. I found out two weeks later I was pregnant. The part that really spooked me is I swear sometimes I see him in my dreams. His eyes are glowing purple as he observes me. And that could very well be just paranoia. So either he's some kind of entity or one of us or both of us are just crazy. Now, the reason why this made me, this edit that she, that this person puts in later is the reason why Mm -hmm. I put this in this episode. They proceed Mm -hmm. by saying, edit, I found him. Someone in these comments has met him too. Look up Salvatore Draco and he will show up. I'm going to try to contact him. And so the first comment that I see goes, uh, and this is by is data ghost username. They go, yo, I am, I'm new to Reddit. So you may not believe me, but this unironically sounds like a guy I met on VR chat. I called him voodoo man. I think his name is Salvatore Draco or something, because I remember we always called him Draco Malfoy's a joke. He legit, (laughs) everyone was holding really freaky. And then the, the original poster goes, oh my God, that's him. I looked up Salvatore Draco and I found him. So this person is alive and well, and clearly the experience that this original poster poser had, people online are experiencing the same thing from this person. That, that, 
That's fucking trippy. I'm looking up Salvatore Draco right now. And it seems to be this person with like long hair, but I don't know if it's the same person that they're both talking about. I'm going to assume so. There is a musician that I'm getting. Yeah. I, I don't they, know. It's a first, I think it's, it's yeah, opera singer, compo- this is, I don't know if it's the same guy. Um, but it seems to be that this person that was the new Reddit user had said they met them on a VR chat. So <gasps> Wait, this, was so like this is weird. Thing. I don't like this. That, I feel like, yeah, legit could be time traveler. Yeah, so if anyone knows Salvatore Draco, you want to explain his whole spiel to us, you know, make sure to email us at justcoolythingspodcast at gmail.com. This is going to be my last story for this episode. Okay. And it is titled Time Slip slash Teleport slash What the Hell. And this is titled, uh, this is written, I'm sorry, by username Disturbed Serenity. This was the weirdest experience I have to date. And I still get choked up and emotional when I think about it. It was 2010 and I was 25 years old, living at home with my very supportive parents who were helping me through college after previously dropping out of high school and having two amazing children. It was an early autumn afternoon around 4 to 5 p.m. I was in my room doing some homework on my laptop at my desk. The desk faced the wall directly across from my bed and my older style box TV was on top of my dresser to the left of my desk about two feet away. I was, as usual, procrastinating, doing my homework, so I was mindlessly watching some dumb TV show. Because my TV was so close, I stood up instead of using the remote to change the volume on my TV. As I reached out my left hand to press the button, as if a switch flipped, my entire environment changed. This affects me still to this day. I still feel it in my soul that something strange happened. I didn't hallucinate it was real. I was back in my childhood home, some 20 miles away, and seemingly 18 years in the past. I was standing in front of the only hallway closet in the one-bedroom house that I grew up in. The house was over 100 years old, and the closet was one of those with the doors that slid open on tracks, you know, the ones that the doors never go back on the tracks, right? So you have to be careful of how you open it. I know exactly. (laughs) Anyway, The door to the closet was open, and my already outstretched left arm was reaching toward a very distinct item. So when I was little, my mother had this perfume bottle that for some reason I was absolutely in love with. The perfume itself was cheap and didn't smell particularly good to me. The bottle was glass, shaped like a bird, maybe a dove. Its wings were up and outstretched, and it was beautiful, but it had a broken wing. I probably broke it being the curious and clumsy child I was, and still am to this day, lol. So there I was, one moment in my somewhat modern bedroom in 2010, and the next in the old one-bedroom hallway across town, back in time, 18 years. I was there, I saw the bird bottle, I was within inches of grabbing it, and my heart melted for that dumb little bottle of stinky perfume shaped like a one-winged dove. Before my hand could actually make physical contact with that precious bird, though, the switch flipped again. I was back in front of my TV, outstretched left hands and all. My mind could not comprehend what had just happened, and I felt immediately sick and dizzy. I was in such a state of shock and confusion that I just walked out of my room, down the hall, into the living room, and out into the front yard. I could do nothing but lurch over, hands on my knees, and try desperately to catch my breath. 
but mostly my sanity. This experience was so jarring, so real. I was physically in front of the open closet, reaching for that damn bird bottle. Then I just wasn't. I wasn't particularly stressed about classes. It was community college. I'm not prone to hallucinations and was stone cold sober when this experience happened. I've only told a few people because honestly, the subject of momentarily teleporting through time and space doesn't come up in conversation often. And I only know a few people that I can tell. Has anyone had something like this happen? I still have no explanation and it might've just been a weird break in psyche, but it was not a dream. I was not under any influence of anything or any unusual stress. The end. Wow. Yeah. What are are your thoughts on this? Well, I'm seeing obviously elements of time travel. Mm -hmm. Um, It comforts me to know obviously that the author wasn't under the influence of anything because my first thought was not even like psychedelics. Um, But I was wondering, like, is this maybe, have you heard of an acid flashback? No. Right. I only found out about it. For the record, I don't do psychedelics because we all know it would be no fun for me. My life is crazy. And I would just like go grocery shopping and have a calm day if I did it. I was just going to say, maybe you need psychedelics. So then it would just, everything would even out. Just to have a fucking day where like weird (laughs) shit doesn't happen to me. Um, Yeah, I've been doing it wrong for the past 10 years that my life has been crazy. I should have just been like seven years old and doing shrooms. shrooms. Yeah. (laughs) For legal purposes, we are joking. Um, But how they work is basically like when you do, I I think it's like some psychedelic drug, it, the way that it's activated is like it burns the, like when you burn fat in your body, like then it like registers or something. Mm. And so if it attaches to like something in your body, like a and you burn that fat even way after you've done the drug, it for a split second, like gives you a weird flashback. I believe that's how it works. Right. Mm. But the consistency I don't believe would be there. I don't know. I don't fucking know. But um, having said that they're not, or, you know, under the, then all I can think of is time travel, but I'm struggling to find a reason why the kind of like back and forth, back and forth. And like, that's giving me vibes of someone is controlling this poster's reality. Mm, ooh. Right. Like who is making them time travel? Yeah. And why only for split seconds? What is fucking going on here? Yeah. For me, I was getting like glitch in the matrix where like, yeah. And that, that goes kind of like what you were saying. Like, say if, say if we're being, con- like, say if we're, say if we're users in, in a video game and yeah. there's like a glitch in the computer system mm-hmm. and it, it just, for some reason, our timeline, that one little movement, there was like a little lag in the system. And now all of a sudden our time froze and it glitched back to 18 years. And then, oh shit, they fixed the bug in the system. And now we're back to normal. Yeah. That would, yeah, that's a crazy concept to think of. Yeah. And that crosses over now into when people talk about living in a simulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other day, have you ever watched the movie The Truman Show with Jim Carrey? No, I've wanted to, but I've just never seen it. It's a good movie. And do you know the, do you know the idea behind it? Isn't it like a guy who realizes he's not a real person and he's like, like on a 
TV show. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's kind of like it's like the idea of like being in a simulation. Like everyone around you's in on it. And, like so, because okay. day, um, Mike and I were driving back from work on Sunday, and I was so convinced for like 0.5 seconds that I was a part of the Truman Show, and that everyone else around me was in on this because. A couple weeks prior, we always take the same route home. And there's one part of Jersey City. Uh, I guess there's like a bus stop on our right. And there's a okay. stop that we have to wait at the red light for people to go, obviously. And yeah. a couple weeks ago, there were these two women that were walking to the bus stop. And mm-hmm. one of them was wearing a bonnet. And then the other one was wearing a mask, but she was wearing it like on, on her chin. She wasn't like wearing it on her face. And I don't know why, like they weren't anybody significant. Like they, they weren't doing anything crazy, but I just happened to like, I don't know, for some reason I just looked at them. And then for some reason, my brain just kind of grasped onto that memory. And then this past Sunday, we, we were driving back home, the same two women that were not, they were not together because they were like distance apart, but the same two women, the one with the bonnet and then the <gasps> one with the walked across the street. And I was like, babe, I was like, same <laughs> situation happened two weeks ago. And he goes, Rebecca, I know you're freaking out right now, but I need you to be logical. We leave almost the same time every week from work. This is a bus stop. They might just be taking the same fucking bus. <laughs> They just happened to be the same commuters. And then I was like, okay. And I kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit. But (laughs) this is why you need a mic in your life to just calm you down when, like, you have a paranormal podcast. And so you think the most outlandish things all the time. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, all right, let's bring it back to, like, logic. And so, yeah. uh, yeah, So that was my little story on the Truman Show. But I did want to bring up uh, a a Reddit user uh, by the name of OC Cam Volkswagen that had commented on the story and had said, this sounds like a flashback. The term and the concept became widely known after the Vietnam War when a large percentage of vets suffered from these experiences. The sound of a car backfiring, which was much like a gunshot, or the sound of a helicopter would throw these men back into a scene from Vietnam. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that is the whole world around them would disappear and they would be back in the jungle or in a rice paddy in the middle of a firefight or some other emergency situation. So it sounds oh, like that. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. At the same time, this flashback to Vietnam seemed completely real to them. They themselves did not disappear from the real world where they actually were. So the people around them saw them acting crazy, playing out some battle scene and in other words, mm. it, in, it was indeed a hallucination, a full-blown sensory experience generated from within the brain, from memory, rather than from real external stimuli. Now, mm. aside from people with PTSD, flashbacks are also suffered by some people with temporal lobe epilepsy. Uh, oh. I, read, mm-hmm, I read one woman's account of her flashback to a day in the second grade. Completely randomly, she suddenly found herself sitting in a classroom surrounded by all faces she hadn't seen or thought about in years. The warm sun shining in through the windows, and she felt remarkably happy. And neurosurgeon Wilder Penfield discovered by accident that he could trigger these flashbacks in his patients whose brains have been exposed for surgery. He was probing for the seizure focus by touching a low-voltage electrode to parts of their brain. The idea was once he touched the seizure focus, 
they would have a seizure and he would know he found the damaged tissue. The patients were awake for this and felt no pain since the brain itself has no pain nerves. He was surprised mm-hmm. to find out that touching the electrode to various parts of the temporal lobe caused a vivid reliving of random scenes from those patients' pasts. So this Reddit user is giving the theory of either this person has PTSD, that they mm-hmm. may be experienced, maybe not as traumatic as somebody that was in the Vietnam Wars, but maybe yeah. subconsciously going through, or this person might have that they haven't labeled, they might be epileptic and being epileptic might create these situations to happen. That's fascinating. And see that right there is the type of thing I was looking for in my research. Mm. That's exactly, see, I'm so happy you found that because that's exactly what I was looking for. Like a potential, like real life explanation of why it's experienced and not just why it's a, you know, thing that's, so I'm really happy you found that. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what I was looking for. And that's true. It could be that this man was maybe in enough emotional distress that he went back, but was still associating it with like a singularly winged bird or something. I mean, I remember seeing something a few years ago about um, an incident, I think at MCO, the Orlando airport, where a guy had a complete crazy meltdown, but it was like, I don't remember what it was. They, they never named him and they said he's being treated for like, a, you know, a medical condition which, and I remember someone saying like, you know, he was a war veteran. He's being treated for a condition being like, oh, this guy has PTSD. Like mm-hmm. there was a loud noise at the airport that set him on. Like he was violent. And I felt so bad because as I was reading it, I was like, oh my God, like all, everyone said seemingly out of nowhere. Like, it's not like he was being a Karen, yeah. right? Like something happened. And all of a sudden he was like, th- you know, like fucking with stanchions and like throwing them or something. And the comments were all like, was he a baggage claim? Cause you know, that loud thud that happens once it comes over that arc, like mm-hmm. maybe that set him off and stuff. And you think of it in that way, but you never think of it as like, you know, regular dude, regular girl, just hanging out in there, you know, thing. And all of a sudden they're transport. Like you never think of it as that you always yeah. think of it in those extreme examples of like, you know, or um, remember the movie freaky Friday, like circling back to that, the grandpa who always thinks there's an earthquake. Mm-hmm. And he gets up and runs around and is like, I'm going, right? Like you think of it as that never these almost calm moments that are almost clarity, even though they're confusing and agitating, mm-hmm. but just like, ha- like an unexpected moment that is, I want to say like, like you're not agitated yeah. enough, right? Like you're not already exposed to any, element of thrill or something really, really crazy. Like you could just be in your apartment and have a type of PTSD flashback or some type of a seizure that triggers just a little something in your brain. And then there, there it goes. Yeah. So the brain that's interesting. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. The idea of like the brain, it's mm-hmm. so complex. I've seen a, a fact saying that we only use 10% of our brain but then I saw another uh, another article that said we use a little bit more than 10% of our brain. So I don't know what exactly is accurate. But the point being is we do not we do not have the capability as of right now to use 100% of our brain power. Mm-hmm. But maybe if that, that percentage that we don't know how to access or use yet, maybe that's a part of the brain that would be able to explain all the paranormal activity that goes on <gasps> that we just don't understand why things happen to us um, just as an idea, something to, to pick around about. 
This is such a fucking awesome episode. I know. I know. Like, I, I think this actually might be my favorite episode so far. I, honestly, yeah. And it's so funny because people have been asking, I'm like, I don't have a favorite. This one sticks out. That story sticks out. But like genuinely, what the fuck? Yeah. That's I, so true. I think it's because like a lot of what we're talking about today, first of all, thanks to NASA Kids website, we were able to understand <laughs> the concept But I also think it's something that a lot of us relate to, even those that don't believe in spirits. This is something that is a con, like the Mandela effect being tied to this too. This is something that we've all been through in one way or another, whether it's deja vu, glitch in the matrix, the, like I said, the Mandela effect, like we've all gone through these little kind of slips and it's like, why? Like, why do we experience these things? Yeah. Oh, that's this, this episode, minds aren't, Mines aren't the only thing getting blown this Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just thought of it. Anyways. Um, oh, God. Yeah. No, this. Sorry. Let me recenter myself. I think that I learned so much. Like, this opened my eyes so much. Mm-hmm. Especially you pointing out like, yeah, like roughly 10% of, I mean, I know some people who are clearly doing that bare minimum 10%, like for sure. I know I keep using the phrase hand in hand, but like, I never realized like how kind of like blurred the line is between like time travel, glitch in the matrix, Mandela effect, right? Even parallel universes, like these are all kind of coming in to be kind of just one like space time continuum questioning. Mm -hmm. And that's, just fucking, I, I did not expect my brain to go here today. And I love it. Yeah. I'm loving every second of it. I don't know about you. Makes you sit and think. So if you're with your boo thing listening to this episode, let us know what your theories are um, by messaging us or commenting on any of our Instagram posts at Just Cooly Things Podcast. And I think on that note, that concludes this week of Just Cooly Things. This is like the most like if this was a meal, I would be so full. Like and this was like a juicy full, episode. Yeah, not the full where you, like you feel like you can't move after. Like this is like this is motivating. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rage. This is like I got a salad and I put salmon on it instead of like chicken tenders. Yes, right. Yes. And then like a lot of good dressing. Right. And you chose the water with lemon. Oh God. Yeah. Water with lemon, but then also like after I finish that, a Diet Coke with lime, because that's refreshing. Ooh, a Diet Coke with lime really does hit. Yes, but not the canned Diet Coke with a hint of lime, because that's nasty. you got to put your own fresh lime in it. Fresh lime all the way. Perks of working at a fucking restaurant, I get fresh limes and fresh Diet Cokes all night long. That's actually the only reason why Lily's in the food industry. <laughs> so, um, well reach out to us if you want to also answer the question because I think it would be really fun. But I want to ask Rebecca, if you could go back in time, and this is a two-part question, Mm. or forward in time and experience anything, what would you do, A, if you could change something and it would stick, and B, if you didn't, if you, if that theory is true that nothing would change, would you go to the same place or where would you go and where and what would it be that you experienced? Mm. I mean, I get like, so honestly, I know this sounds cliche. Like there is nothing, honestly, I would, I would go back in time to try to change the future. If 
if mm-hmm. the theory ever proved that you could do that, just because I feel mm-hmm. like even like all the good and bad in mm-hmm. my life, whatever, how big or small it is, I think has shaped who I am and like where I'm heading. And I, I don't, I don't know. I, it sounds, it sounds corny. It sounds super like Tony Robbins, but like, I just, I, <laughs> I think that everything happens for a reason, whether it's a blessing or a lesson. And I, I think that it's important that we take those experiences and, and just create, learn from that and just build off that. So if yeah. I were to go back in time though, I think I would honestly just go back and uh, I would go back and experience my wedding over again, just because I really, that was just such a good time. And like, I tell yeah. people all the time when they ask about how my wedding went, it goes by so fast, which you hear from everybody. Yeah. Um, and when I was wedding planning, I had a hard time justifying spending that much money on something mm-hmm. that is over in 24 hours. Yeah. But going through the emotions and the memories of having both families together and all of our friends together and everyone you love in the same room and like just just the energy. It's indescribable. It's something that you can never replicate ever again. Uh, so yeah. I would want to go back and just experience that and just maybe experience it from different perspectives because you are really pulled Ooh. in all different ways during that day and it goes by so fast. Um, but I would go through it over and over again. And I would tell anyone that could afford to have a wedding to do it because it really wow. is such an amazing experience. And it doesn't have to be a crazy 400 person wedding or be a million dollars, but to have that memory um, and like for us having like the pictures and videos, like it just to be able to relive that, I, I would, you know, you, you, you spend your life saving money and then you're like wondering, okay, so like, what, what am I going to spend this money on for me? Like, I'm so glad I, I took the plunge and like, we spent the money we did to have the experience we did because it was everything we wanted and more. And I would love to just go back and experience that because it was really like the time of my life and the best day ever. So yeah. Oh, what about you? I love that. My answer is a little different. That's okay. Um, is that right or wrong? I, I think if I were to go back in time to a certain place and I could change something, I would have honestly tried to have gotten the ball rolling on changing schools a little sooner like I did when I was. And I know it's kind of lame to be so stuck in, you know, like your high school and middle school days, but things didn't need to be the way, the way they were for as long. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I would have done. Um, the way things timed out for me was when I transferred high schools, I started later in my freshman year. And by the time I got to sophomore year, I needed to crack down on things like schoolwork and try to have a social life and balance all of that. And for so long, school was so tough for me, even just to go to and to stay there. Um, I wound up with years of having issues like I know I've told you this, Rebecca, like, I don't know if the listeners know. And like, I'm trying to be more open on the podcast too. Um, like walking into school buildings is still kind of hard for me. And it sounds like such an attention grab. And it sounds like so cliche, but like, I mean, I remember going to vote and my heart was pounding and I told my mom and she was like, well, what, what, what do you have to be nervous about? Like you're literally in your, you're in your like elementary school. And I was like, yeah, I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable. And then like, I was like, oh, right. So I think I might have tried to maybe save myself from a lot more stress mm-hmm. um, and tried to have gotten out of the situation I was in sooner. Um, because the truth is when I transferred schools, all of my best friends, I am still friends with them to this day. 
Mm-hmm. So knowing that nothing would have changed with the really good people I met, um, right? Like, I mean, I met you when I was still in my school that I hated and look where we are. And obviously we already went to different schools, Yeah. right? My, my other close friend, like my friend Jackie, I met through work. So like all, and then of course, like Maddie and Olivia, like we lived in the same town. And when I transferred high schools, we stayed friends all through college. And then my friend Aurora was already at a different school. So I know that I would have taken the good and maybe have been able to make it less bad because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'm not a school person in general, but I could have maybe been less horrified through my experience. Yeah. Um, And if I couldn't change anything, I think I would go back because then I could save myself a lot of energy if I could go back in time and be somewhere and I wouldn't change anything. That's so tough because I feel like I've spent my whole life kind of answering that question as if we could change something, right? Like we really do. Yeah. I'd still be okay with not changing anything because I like where I am now and who I am today and everything that's happened to me. Like, you know, I've made the, like everything, right? Like I'd be okay not changing anything. So I could go back and re-experience anything. I think it would be. When I was in third grade, my parents surprised me and my brother with a trip to Disney World. And they woke us up at 5 a.m., And the week before I had been so fucking mad at my mom because like it was winter and it was cold in New Jersey and I couldn't find many of my pants. And I was like, oh, they're in the laundry. They're in the laundry. And I was like, what the hell do you mean? I don't because I was a brat and I've always been a fashionista. I was like, I don't want to wear this outfit again. Like I want to wear that with these. Like where are my green corduroys from fucking limited Two? like what happened to them? That's my favorite outfit. Where is it? My mom was like, oh, it's just in the laundry. Like I'm cleaning it. I'm behind. I was so mad. Turns out. Those were in a suitcase that was packed and ready to go for my family to take me and my brother to Disney World for the first time. Oh, my and, God. Your first time? Or no, not my first time. Why did I say that? That's a lie. <laughs> Why did I fucking say that? It was not my first time. Um, in the middle of, like, in the middle of the night. Like, they woke us up at 5 a.m. And they had turned off. Like, my parents are fucking crafty schemers. And this is where I learned it. They unplugged everything. Like, turned off the oven turned off the computer, right? Like we didn't have laptops or cell phones at the time, unplugged our alarm clocks, right? The only thing they didn't do is take off my brother's watch. So my brother walked in and I'm like, why? Cause they were like time for school, time for school. And my brother's like, it's not time for school. It's 5 AM. Right. Like I think the most high tech thing I had was a Nintendo DS, but like, I wasn't thinking about that. I'm thinking, okay, school. My dad's like, my brother's like, no, it's not. It's 5 AM. And they're like, oh shit. He had a watch on. They take us into their room and my dad turns on his laptop and puts on like mic like Microsoft and puts on a PowerPoint that's like kids. It's been a while since we've had family time. Blah 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 blah. We're going to Disney World and like this was like new PowerPoint. Like you could play audio, and it played "Here We Go" from the beginning of like from in yeah. Peter Pan. Did he have word art as like? Oh, absolutely. And the basic transitions and like the backgrounds, the backgrounds were like pictures of Disney and like us and kids. Like it was the sweetest thing that I've ever seen. And they were like, so your, and your suitcases are already packed. And I literally turned to my mom and I was like, is that where my outfits are? (laughs) 
And she was like, yeah, I felt so bad. You were in such dis- distress. Cause like I already didn't want to go to school. I at least wanted to be confident. Right. And she was like, I feel so bad. I almost told you. And I was like, I'm glad you didn't. And we're like, eight. I'm like eight and we're having this fun conversation. They're like, we're going like the car service is on the way. So take everything you want to take on the plane and you're going to Disney for a week. Wow. I never knew that story. That was potentially, that might've been one of the best moments of my whole life. Wow. Honestly, it was so like, it was like a bonus Christmas morning. And like, I I think that was, because when you're a kid, you know, you don't really think about stuff. I think I realized like that day, like eight years old, turning nine, how lucky I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And how lucky I am to be able to, cause you're also like coming to that age to be able to have parents who are hiding something like that and be able to get like this. So, and then it was so fun. Like we landed and we stayed at, I don't remember what hotel we stayed at, but like my parents, and this is before, even before magical express existed for the Disney buffs, like you had to rent a car or take a cab or take a car service. Right. Like that bus we took, Rebecca, we took Magical Express, right? The bus from the airport. So they stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you have to Uber. Right. But like Uber, like this is 2005. Like, Wait, they don't have so, that anymore? No, they don't. They stopped it during COVID because they I don't know. I guess like it wasn't worth as much because now you can Uber. But Wait, like but we you didn't have. Go, we went before. We went after COVID. I think they stopped. I think that was like going to be like, they announced they were stopping it during COVID and now it's gone. Oh yeah. So like that bus ride with the video that played and like, they do all of your bag stuff for you. They don't do that anymore because everyone started Ubering and it's like, but for so many like Disney adults, like us, like that was part of like your vacation starts like almost immediately when the plane lands, like you go and you check in for your magical express motor coach. And like that's when vacation starts, right? And they hype you up. Like that's so um we that did didn't exist yet. So and the car service that we had gotten to drive us to the hotel was a stretch limo, but like the Hummer limo, which my parents never would have picked, and it had a light-up dance floor in it. Shut up. I'm hand to God. And my parents, they were laughing because they didn't, they ordered just like a regular town car, but for whatever reason, and like, they swear to that. They're like, we would never do a Hummer limo. Like, cause they are like, no, like, no. Like, why would we do that? Like, it's fucking Disney. Like enough, like you can handle a Lincoln town car (laughs) or the fucking mirrors cab. Like you'll live. We're going to Disney world. That was not the plan, but they were like, it had the sign like Baldessari. And they were like, is this? ours and they're like yeah why and they're like i mean we won't question it get the fuck in guys <laughs> like, so we get in this car and it had a it was literally like the type that you that should be taking like a bachelorette party to the hard rock orlando like oh, it was wild that that was our car and i remember being like this is so cool and my parents were like just so you know we think it's cool too like i remember seeing my parents who were probably in their like mid to late 30s at mm, late 30s at the time like also geek out like kids. So like, that was a great part. Cause like, I got to see my parents also have like that Disney surprise and not just like watching from the sideline living through us. Like they were living in that moment too of holy shit. Why, why are we in a stretch limo with a dance floor? What happened here? Like what? Awesome. And I just know what communication 
like what? And so getting to see them and like remembering like my parents were kids too once. Like it was just a really like the trip itself was so awesome. Yeah. And I had like, it was, it was amazing. And from the moment my parents woke me up and were like, it's time for school. And I had my morning. No, I don't want to fucking go to school. Right. And being taken in and my dad being on his laptop, like his work laptop. And I'm like, like, this is so oddly calm. Like my parents are oddly calm, cool and collected right now. Mm -hmm. What is going on? And so that whole day, I think I'd live it that that's what I would do. And I wouldn't change a thing for that. Wow. I, I love that story. I've never heard this story before, but I feel like you telling that story, I felt like I was there and knowing <laughs> your family and like knowing your parents and having been on a Disney trip with you guys. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I love, I absolutely love that. And I feel like if you were to get into meditation and like a part of your guide of meditation was to bring you back to a time where like, you've experienced a moment of genuine happiness. I feel like that would be your moment for you for sure. It absolutely is. And I remember, and this is why, like, I think like being a Disney adult can be very justified because like for some people it's an escape. And like for my family, and like I told you this when we went, like we relive only good memories when we go Mm -hmm. and we make more. Like when I was a kid, like my dad was, he worked full-time during the day and then went to law school at night. So when it came to like, obviously like I spent a lot of like best dad ever, like he'd come and lay on the floor. I'd play Barbies with him and he'd fall asleep on my floor almost every time. Right. But like, that was a fun, like a fun game. Like how late can dad stay? Right. And it was really fun. But on his end, like he never really got, unless we were all in a secondary location, mm-hmm. we never got like a lot of family time to just sit and watch a movie. Like we, we did, but like it had to be very placed for those few years that we were a family of four um, while my dad was both working and in school. Yeah. Right. Like for those few years, it was kind of tough. And like on weekends, we'd like go to the hardware store or whatever, like as a family. But he, you know, it was a great way of really like harvesting those family memories was all done in Disney. And then like this on top of it, that was really like probably thus far the happiest moment of my life. That's amazing. Oh my God. That is, that is where we end this episode. Just really thanks. Cause that is like the perfect story to land on for the perfect episode. Um, thank you, Lily, for opening up and like telling us that story. And thank you, Boo Things, for listening and continuing to support the podcast. We appreciate every single one of you. So, uh, without further ado, Lily, you want to start chatting out those socials? Hell yeah. All right. You guys can follow us on Instagram at just Ghouly Things Podcast. Follow our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Join our private Facebook group at Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal story that they would like to share on the show, feel free to email us at Just Ghouly Things Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, Boo Things, and we will talk to you in the next episode. Goodbye.